welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast, the special one, the New York Giants or 2022 New York Giants NFL Draft recap episode. Whether you're watching this, listening, it's going everywhere. So uh, (laughs) uh, YouTube and the podcast platforms, we appreciate you joining us. My name is Josh and I'm joined by my co-host Alex. We're here to talk all about the NFL draft and how it went for the New York Giants as well as the undrafted free agents they signed as well. We will get into that a little bit later, but we decided against recording an episode, um, you know, at the end of day one. And then by the time it was the end of day two, we were like, is it really necessary recapping one and two? Might as well just do it all in one. So we're here now because then we didn't even do it Saturday night because we were like, do we, do we, do we release it on a Sunday? That's weird. So we're back. It's a brand new work week, so I'm sorry for anyone who's working, but it's Monday. We're here. Um, and we're going to be talking about the New York Giants. So without further ado, the New York Giants in the first round get the two guys that basically we wanted the most. They needed to address the edge position. They needed to address tackle. They do both with those first uh, round picks. Round one, pick five, edge, Kayvon Thibodeau. Out of Oregon, the junior, six foot five, two hundred fifty-eight pounds, and then they come back at round one, pick seven, and they get their offensive tackle, more specifically their right tackle, Evan Neal, out of Alabama, a junior as well, six foot seven, three hundred fifty pounds, and was the one of the only tackles in that tier one category between him, Aquanu, and Charles Cross to play right tackle in college. So huge things for the Giants. They get it done at those first two picks. Alex, how are you? And what do you think of these first two picks by the New York Giants? I'm good. Uh, You know, I really wish, like you mentioned, that we were able to record an episode after day one, unfortunately, uh, because the draft is on Thursday, which is kind of annoying. They really need to move it to Friday night and then have day two on Saturday night and then day three on Sunday so everyone can watch it without having to worry about school, work, whatever. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, it's better late than never, and I'm excited to talk about these picks. Uh, And day one was just a dream scenario coming true. Uh, All three tackles were available at pick five, which is kind of what we wanted to see. Upset that Sauce Gardner went uh, fourth overall to the Jets. Derek Stingley going three to the Texans really mixed everything up uh, and saw that, you know, Sauce Gardner ended up going four, whereas if they took Sauce Gardner, probably Kayvon Thibodeau would have went four to the Jets. So really helped out for the Giants in the draft. Um, You know, in terms of Kayvon Thibodeau, I mean, you're getting a guy who's just an elite pass rusher. He's got great bend, athleticism. He has good power. You know, I feel like I go on and on and on as Josh is laughing at me um, because, you know, I'm just one of those people who just gets really, really excited. Uh, about certain players. Um, he's explosive. It's just everything Kayvon Thibodeau does is an, at an elite level. And he's also, you know, Aiden Hutchinson does everything also at an elite level. But I think Kayvon Thibodeau has the upside uh, that Aiden Hutchinson just doesn't have, uh, you know, almost Trayvon Walker-esque upside. Uh, and I'm just really, really happy that we brought him on board. And I think he's going to be this next great Giants edge rusher, hopefully. Uh, you know, that we've had in the past with JPP, Michael Strahan, Tuck, um, you know, some of these great pass rushers the Giants have had over the years. Uh, and hopefully he's the next one because we've really been missing it over the past few years. Really happy with that pick. Yeah. And you talk about some guys specifically, number one up there, Michael Strahan seems to already have become his mentor. He was hoping for him to be a mentor to whatever team he went to in the NFL. Uh, Thibodeau was looking to use Strahan as a guide uh, in the NFL. And now him being with the Giants, it's even better uh, because he has connections with the team, obviously. And it's going to really help out in his favor. Something you, I'm sure Giants fans have already noticed about Kayvon is that he's a big talker. Uh, He likes to talk about his brand a lot. Is that going to affect him on the field? That's a big question. Listen, the guy is confident. Now he just has to show it on the field. And he has the whole skill set to do so. You go complete opposite and you listen to the call between offensive tackle Evan Neal and Joe Shane and, and Brian Dable. The guy couldn't wait to get off the phone. Shy as ever. 
and was ready to be like, all right, I just want to walk on the freaking stage. Stop talking to me to what it sounded like. Like gave the most one word answers possible. Brian Dable's like, like ready to get press conference too. <laughs> Same thing there. Right. Um, the, Hey, you, you ready to get out there? Yeah. All right, cool. Well, we're excited to pick you here for this pick. You, you, uh, you excited to come to New York? Yeah, coach. So, I mean, it, there's a difference. And then Kayvon Thibodeau, when they called him, is like, yeah, I was waiting for this moment. I knew it was coming. I met with you guys. I was excited. I'm hyped, you know? <laughs> he was. Get, I felt so bad for Neil, though, as well, because I feel like most of the questions were sent towards Kayvon's way because the media knew they were going to get a lengthy, uh, well-responded well answer. Uh, compared to Neil, not, not as much well responded to, but more just like more outgoing. He, yeah, he was in general with the yeah. reporters. Yeah, but um, for sure. honestly, I like that type of attitude. But also, the shy and quiet guys get it done as well. So you know, don't like take that away from from Neil just just because you know he's shy and quiet. But um, anyway, with that being said, we did grade each pick individually. So let's start out with round one, pick five, Thibodeau. Um, I gave an A plus. Alex, you gave him an A plus as well. And then moving on to pick seven, uh, you can I guess announce those grades. Yeah, um, we both had A pluses on those two as well. In terms of uh, where we had both these prospects, it could be argued that we got the best offensive lineman and the best pass rusher in this class. You could argue it was the best defensive player and best offensive player in the draft, and we got both of them. Uh, it was interesting that Joe Shane decided to wait on the tackle, uh, and you know, since all three were on the board, he decided to go Thibodeau first. Obviously, Carolina ended up going Iki Kwanu, uh, and then we were left with Neil. Uh, and from the press conference, it kind of sounded like Joe Shane kind of had Neil and Aquanu on the same level, so he was okay with whoever fell. Uh, and that's why it made sense to take Kayvon, um, first name basis now. I don't know why. Um, it works. It's fine. Yeah, it works. What I would say, uh, you know, again, I'm not going to talk as much about all these, you know, higher tier guys. We've been talking about Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal for months at this point. Uh, you know, go to any of our mock drafts, go to any of our, any video pretty much. And we're mentioning these two guys because uh, they were favorites to go very high. Uh, and the Giants got both of them, both insane athletes. Uh, and it's just great to have them on board. And I think Joe Shane really nailed this first round. Yeah. So I guess then moving on to the second round, pick 43, the one that got all Giants fans. They had their seatbelts in ready for a cruise, you know, to the end of the draft with how Joe Shane was picking. Then this one, throw a little curveball in the strike zone. Wide receiver Wandell Robinson. Uh, gets picked from Kentucky, a junior 5'8", 178, a direct comparison to the Giants wide receiver right now, Kadarius Toney, the guy who was expected to be traded the first round pick 20 last season. Why are the Giants drafting Kadarius Toney 2.0? What the hell is happening? Are we shipping Kadarius Toney? Or is like that's what's going on? No one knows. But what we do know is that there were better receivers on the board. And... The first name that comes to mind for me was Sky Moore, who completely boosted his stock after the NFL Combine. That was the guy on my list that was ranked high. And for the Giants to not only draft Wandale Robinson at pick 43 when he's a projected, like, what, round three, round four wide receiver, but to draft him over Sky Moore, that's what hurt me the most. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. And also in that pick, let's let's talk about how we got to that pick. Because obviously the Giants traded down twice in the second round. They started by trading down with the Jets from thir- uh, from 36 to 38, where they also got a fifth round pick, 146th overall uh, in return. And then they've traded back again from 38 to 43 with the Falcons, where they got a fourth round pick, 114th overall. And then obviously they went Wandell Robinson. This pick... I don't mind the player. I, you know, I'm sure if you've seen my original instant reaction was a little bit over the top considering. Uh, yeah, right. Check you know. those out on the YouTube channel. Forgot yeah. to plug that in the beginning. Yeah. We have like most of our reactions to the picks there. Sorry. Yeah. Go check those out. Maybe not specifically that one. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I'm not a big fan of the pick. It just, you know, I get that 
you know, Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, they're going to be doing stuff with this offense. They're going to transform it. You can have a Kadarius Tony and a Robinson on the field at the same time. It just seems a little redundant to me. Uh, in the value, I like him as a player after, you know, figuring out a little bit about who he was, because I'm going to be honest, I don't know who he was. Um, and funny enough, uh, Bobby mentioned this on his uh, on Twitter and in the live stream, because obviously he did a ton of research for the draft and he didn't know about one of the other picks later. And it's kind of like, you know, I didn't do as much research, right? This isn't our full time job like he is, but um, he makes the big bucks, right? So, uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't know as much, but it's kind of weird. Like, I kind of hope that I would know all the second round prospects and everyone who went in the second round mostly did. Um, but obviously this guy was someone who I didn't know and it was kind of frustrating. Uh, so I kind of understand that sentiment that he was talking about. Um, in terms of what he does well, he's a good route runner. He's got great balance athleticism, ran a 4-4-4, 40-yard dash. He's got great long speed. He's explosive uh, and he's got reliable hands. His problem is his size. He is only 5'8". He's 178 pounds. He's tiny. He plays a lot tougher on tape. I will give him that. He does play tough. Um, I will say that. He had a 91.3 PFF grade last season, which was highest among SEC. And he had he had very good production last year. Don't get me wrong. Uh, over 1,300 yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, he's an impressive collegiate athlete. I'm just not sure how he's going to translate to the NFL. So I'm unsure about that. I'm unsure about how he's going to translate to the NFL. And I also don't really like the pick in terms of it being redundant to Kadarius Toney. Uh, and that's why I gave it a C, um, and Josh gave it a C minus. Um, both of us are kind of, you know, we're all waiting. Obviously, all these grades, just, you know, putting a disclaimer out there. This is based on what we've seen before the draft, what we've seen after the draft. Obviously, Wondell Robinson could end up becoming a Hall of Famer, and we look like complete idiots. That could happen. Evan Neal could, you know, end up being out of the league in three years. We also look like complete idiots. So this is just based off of what, we see right now. This doesn't mean that this player is bad. This player is good. We just are doing our grades by based off of our thoughts. Anyway, uh, Josh, do you have anything to say about Robinson before we move on? Uh, just to note that he had a, he did have a 1,000 yard season last year, um, having about seven touchdowns, 104 receptions, 1,334 yards uh, receiving there. And you also mentioned Bobby. I think you just said Bobby though. Uh, Bobby Skinner of Talking Giants is what we meant specifically. Um, you know, not everyone knows the first name basis of things. There's a lot of Bobbies in the world. I, I don't know specifically, but when you were saying you were just like, Bobby said, blah, 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 blah. I was like, let's clarify that a little bit. Uh, but we got it down, uh, on to round three, pick 67 guard. Um, my boy here, Josh, uh, we share the same first name. They're very generic, but I said it anyway. Uh, Josh. Ezuudu, I believe is how you pronounce it. I don't know for sure. 6'4", 308 pounds out of North Carolina, a junior. Uh, this is where the Giants, uh, you know, draft their guard. They have addressed the guard position a lot since Joe Shane has taken over as the general manager, as well as since Brendan Brown has become the assistant general manager. With the free agent signings, um, you know, even before the draft, now during the draft, I believe they had a couple, right, guard picks in the draft, and then maybe an undrafted signing or two that I was a guard. I don't know for sure. But yeah, yeah I mean, that the, later, yeah. the big one's Mark Lewinsky out of like all of it, just because of how much we paid the guy. But also having a third round pick is pretty significant as well, knowing that <clears throat> completely different position, but third round picks are important. I believe Aaron Robinson, the cornerback, was our pick last year in the third round. And he's going to be a player that plays for the New York Giants as a starter, most likely, if not like right up there with the backups. And you know, in the NFL, people get hurt. So he will be playing this season. It is not like Ezuudu will not be playing. Um, he most likely will, as long as everything goes well, he makes the team uh, and all of that. So just something to note. Yeah. Um. So um, Ezuudu. Yeah, I think that's how you say Ezuudu. Yeah. Okay. We're going to go with it. I mean, unless you say Josh and then just confuse it, you're going to confuse me the whole time. Yeah, the, uh, Josh, the NFL player, um, <laughs> he has great length. He's I feel like I say that constantly, by the way. It's really repetitive at this point, but whatever. I'm still going to mention it in my notes. Uh, he has very good hands and hand technique in pass protection. He's physical. He's got that mean streak. 
and he's versatile. He had 10 starts at guard and also one start at tackle uh, in his college career at North Carolina. And in there was actually some tape of him in a game in one single drive. He played guard, and then the next snap, he was at tackle, uh, and then vice versa, which is something just really impressive um, for a college athlete, for a college football player, uh, and even for an NFL player. So really impressive there. Um, in terms of what he doesn't do super well, he's a bit susceptible to the speed rush. He doesn't consistently get to the next level uh, in the run blocking department. Um, in terms of his RAS scores, relative athletic score, I'm a big fan of this metric in order to gauge how certain players are. Uh, and, you know, in terms of their athletic athleticism, uh, he ran a, f- a 51940 and overall he had an 836 uh, score out of 10. So reasonably good athlete. And also has a really cool story, which I recommend to go check out uh, and how he dealt with his uh, stuttering throughout his career and how he's, you know, teaching other or influencing other kids and showing them what they can do. Um, So really cool story as well. Highly recommend you go check that out. Post it on Twitter, I believe. Um, Josh, do you have anything? Oh, I guess I'll go through our grades here. Uh, I gave it a B and Josh gave it a C plus. Um, another guy we didn't really know before the draft and we're, you know, doing more research as we go on. Don't know everything about him yet. And hopefully he turns out to be a really good piece on this offensive line. Yeah. So without further ado, let's just go on to the next third round pick. Move along round three, pick 81 quarterback Cordell Flott out of LSU, a junior. Uh, we, we also picked up another cornerback, uh, from LSU. I know I keep on teasing these undrafted free agents, but I know we picked up another cornerback from LSU. Um, so that might be something to note. Maybe they're good friends, I would assume. So they were in the same room. Uh, six foot, 175 pounds. I would say that this is a good pick because depth at the cornerback position is necessary, especially, I know I keep on repeating it. I feel like the last few episodes, when the quarterback room is such a question mark with who is our top cornerback, Having depth of the position is necessary. There was a report earlier this week that, I mean, I don't know, is it the start of the new week now? I never know how it works with Sundays. We're recording this Sunday night, but I guess it's the start of the new week. We, we got a report at the beginning of last week that by the end of last week, James Bradbury would not be on the Giants anymore. And we've heard this for the last couple of months that he's not going to be on the Giants anymore. Well, he's still on the Giants, still here. And again, still cutting against a big way against the cap. So we don't know if it's going to be a Dory Jackson as he'd be one to start the year. But just getting a guy, getting a cornerback in this draft, especially in a good class, no reason to not do it. They got the picks for it. They they pulled the trigger on one of them. And I think it was a good pick uh, after, you know, reading about the guy and watching some of his highlights on tape. Yeah, I mean, Cordell Flott's an interesting one. I, again, another one of my common catchphrases, it's going to be over as soon as this draft stuff ends. Hopefully it won't come back, but, um, flat, he has great size and length, uh, six foot. He's reasonably tall, gives him the potential to play on the outside and in the slot, which is kind of where most people project him to be. Um, but I do think he has outside flexibility if need be. Um, he's got fluid footwork, which is always important. He's got ball skills, um, and he's physical against the run, which is something that is important in Wink's scheme defensively. And he's got solid instincts as well. Played in a strong conference and competition in college, obviously being at LSU. Um, and you know, he struggles in press coverage, mainly due to his size. Uh, if you see obviously only 175 pounds at six foot and his size is obviously another big concern. Uh, he might need to uh, gain a little bit of weight if he wants to play on the outside in the NFL at the slot position. Uh, I think he could be all right at 175. He had an 84.8 coverage grade in 2021, and he's only 20 years old, uh, which is another really cool thing because he's now going to be able to develop in the NFL. He's got a couple more years under him, uh, which I think is very good in terms of the athleticism. Excuse me. Uh, he only got a 7.46 RAS score, um, a five, uh, 4.5, 40. Uh, so nothing crazy athleticism-wise, but in terms of instincts, he has good pass breakups if you watch him on film. Um, and, and his ball skills, and like I mentioned before, his fo- footwork is actually quite impressive 
for a corner as young as he is. And hopefully he learned a bit from Derek Stingley, who was also in that cornerback room, taken number three overall. One of my favorite picks in the draft. Um, but I gave it a B plus um, because I, I think he's good, but I'm not sure if he was exactly the best value at this pick in particular. Josh gave him an A minus, so we're both pretty big fans of this pick and excited to see what he can do for the Giants. Yeah, again, I, I'm not really factoring in where these guys are projected because if you look at most draft boards, Flat was projected to be, or Flat was projected to be, um, what, a fourth, fifth rounder again, and we fifth, drafted him in the third yeah. round. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. You know, the, I'm just taking in the positional need and what I read and watched from him. And what I read and watched was that I think we need a, a another cornerback to add depth to the team. And then I also believe um, that he was pretty good from what I read and watched. So, a minus, that's why I picked that. On to the next player, round four, pick 112, tight end Daniel Bellinger from San Diego State, a senior, six foot five, 253 pounds. Now, both of our grades again are highly on him. The reason I didn't go as the highest of high out of like all letter grades you can get was just what I'm sorry, I'm exposing it, Alex. You gave him an A plus, I gave him an A minus. The only reason is because of that. I'd like to give some, some reasoning because I do have it. On my draft board, it was in my head, uh, not written down. <laughs> I had the Coastal Carolina uh, tight end, Isaiah, likely higher than him. And especially, I don't know why they passed on him, but Jake Ferguson, the tight end of Wisconsin. I mean, <laughs> nothing against Daniel Bellinger, but I thought Jake Ferguson was one of the top tight ends in the class. Um, and for them to pass on him and, and go Bellinger. That's the only reason why I did a minus just because I thought those two were better than uh, Bellinger on the board. That's the only reason, but again, still a minus. I would take that on the test any day. I don't know about Alex cause he's, he, he has a little high standards. Um, besides Strive for greatness, <laughs> exactly. Uh, to go over what he did in 2021, 31 catches for 357 yards and two touchdowns, a three year starter at San Diego state. Um, so Alex without, Further ado, you can take it away. Yeah, so I really like this pick, actually, because, I don't know, maybe it was a month ago, I was looking at Daniel, or I was watching something on, I was watching NFL Network, and I saw Daniel Jeremiah, who's a guy I definitely respect in the business of scouting and all that, really, you know, uh, value his opinion. He had him number three on his tight end board uh, overall, so I, you know, kind of looked into him a bit in my process of kind of just looking at some prospects, and I was very impressed uh, obviously San Diego state, not really like your, your typical big school, but, uh, well, at least football wise. But if you look at him, uh, what really stood out to me is his athleticism, a 9.66 RAS score on, in the 97th percentile about, uh, of tight ends ran a four, six, three 40, uh, and a one, five, two, uh, 10 yard split, which means his burst and explosiveness, uh, is in the 99th percentile of all tight ends uh, over the past 20 years, I believe. Um, his yard after catchability is quite good as well. Uh, he's not someone who's just going to catch the ball and not get you anything after. I think he does uh, give you a few yards after catch on average. He's a great blocker. So not only can he do stuff in the passing game, uh, he's also really good in that department. He didn't really do much pass catching at San Diego State because he was it was really more of a run and pound type of offense. But when he did get the opportunity, uh, he was quite good. So I think he has potential to be a very good pass catcher in the NFL. And he's got solid hands. Uh, he doesn't have many drops at all. His cons, doesn't have great length. His long speed is definitely not great. As you know, I could mention his 40 uh, was not as fast as his 10-yard split was. Um, well, obviously it wasn't. But in, in uh, comparison to the times, uh, it wasn't as great. So he's more explosive, short speed type of guy and his blocking technique definitely needs to be improved at the next level as well but Bellinger big fan of him gave him an A plus uh, and I'm really excited to see what he does and I think he starts right away as our tight end one even over Ricky Seals Jones really excited to see what he can do moving on to two picks later round four pick 114 safety Dane Belton the Giants at this point or to this point in the draft I believe have all gone different positions, um, which is very good, right? You're not addressed. I mean, addressing the same need is great, but also making sure to fit every need and get those boxes checked off is great as well. Um, so Belton going here, 
that's also very, I think that's really good to just uh, be expanding how many positions the Giants take in this draft. In 2021, he had 46 tackles, three tackles for loss, and five interceptions in 14 games for Iowa as he was a junior coming out of there. Six foot one, 205 pounds. Yeah, so I didn't really know anything about Dane Belton, did a bit of research on him. It seems like he has some potential to possibly play corner. Um, not exactly sure. I think he's still going to play safety for the Giants, but definitely has the frame to play on the outside. Uh, definitely has nickel capabilities as well. He's got great cover skills in man and zone, so something that uh, is really good to see. His athleticism uh, is very good. If you look at his RAS score, 9.42 out of 10, a uh, 44340, um, which is in the 97th percentile for safeties. He's got good balance as well, which is always important for changing direction at the safety position, and his instincts are good. Obviously, like Josh mentioned, he had five picks uh, in 2021. His cons, some choppy footwork is something that's really going to be uh, something that's need that's going to need to be fixed at the NFL level, and his agility uh, in his uh, agile testing was just not very good, uh, and that's certainly concerning because that's not something you can... Uh, improve. It's not like it was terrible, but in comparison to the rest of his uh, numbers, it just wasn't really up to par. So that's a bit concerning. Um, but Dane Belton out of Iowa, excited to see what he can do as well. And another, uh, I think, pretty good pick by Joe Shane. I give him a B plus. Josh gave him a B minus. And moving on to the next guy here, round five, pick 146, linebacker Micah McFadden out of Indiana, a senior there, six foot one, 240 pounds. Now, by the way, Another thing here, another different position, but also notice how most of these schools are playing against top tier, like division one talent. I don't know if we had any picks that were like D3, D2 school guys. Um, If any, I think all of them were D1, you know, some of them playing against worse competition than others, but Indiana, they're still playing football against some high competition. So that's something to definitely take into consideration, you know, whether it's a linebacker, running back, quarterback, any position at all. Uh, in the 2021 season, uh, McFadden had 77 tackles, 15 and a half tackles for loss, and six and a half sacks. I'm going to already address my grade. I gave him a C plus for the reason that it's like not against Micah McFadden. It's more against the Giants that I'm holding a grudge against them for not taking a linebacker earlier. Did I want them to take a linebacker earlier? Yes. Did they do so? No. And they rated until the fifth round. That was just how the board, I guess, went. Um, but I, I do think it's still a need because Blake Martinez is coming off of a big injury. We have no idea how he's going to be at middle linebacker this season. I know he's the tackling machine. Well, what if he doesn't prove to be what we known for him to be? And then Micah McFadden's your backup. And that's, Crowder too. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Crowder. <laughs> right. And Mr. Irrelevant. So, and, and don't get me wrong. He had a very good year last year. He, I believe he was our tackle leader last season when, when Blake Martinez went out. But you have Tay Crowder and Micah McFadden as the top linebackers of the Giants. Now, I'm not saying the Giants next year are a playoff team, but we're not getting anywhere with those two guys behind Blake Martinez. And I know you can't be perfect at every position, but that's that's just why I gave the C-plus there. Too much talking for me. I like to keep it short. I'm not doing that. I'm sending it to Alex. And again, it kind of focuses on the second round pick, right? You're looking at Wandell Robinson. You're like, that's kind of just an excess piece. It's kind of a, a nice, ha- it's a nice want, but is it really a need um, that, you know, you got to think about that too, where we could have gone a different position at that spot and maybe had uh, a, a pos- more of a position of need. But obviously Joe Shane believed he was the best player on the board. And Alex, no, you, you, I'm sorry, you brought it up now. So I have to close it out. Guess who went two picks after Rondell Robinson at pick 45? Uh, probably one of the linebackers. Yeah, probably know. one of the linebackers. You know Chad who that Moore. linebacker was? I don't know. <laughs> hey, he's the guy from Michigan. You want to know what his name is? David Ajabo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he's an outside guy. He's an outside. He's an edge more. But yeah, I don't still, care. It's still. I agree with it's you. It's checking the box for that linebacker. And if we didn't go the skill position of Rondell Robinson, look who we could have ended up with. That's just a thought. You brought it up, so I was like, let me scroll up here on this draft board and just see if linebackers, and literally in that first page when I'm looking, um, was linebacker. Um, Ravens had a great draft, David by Ajabo. the way, speaking of David Ajabo. Yes. A great draft. I think they almost, 
I think the Jets had a great draft, but I think the Ravens had an even better draft. Um, I there's, think really there's a few underrated. other guys here that were available yeah. at that point, um, but like I don't really know them well. Nick Benito from Oklahoma, Drake Jackson yeah. from USC, Sam Williams from Ole Miss. These are all guys that went later in the second round after that. It was funny. Round. Sam Williams, he, he went to the Cowboys, right? Um, yes. Yeah, that was funny because he has some issues off the field. Uh, and we all know the Cowboys love to take people with issues off the field. So well, look what happened kind of to Micah Parsons. So. Yeah, true. So maybe it'll work out. Who knows? Uh, in terms of McFadden, I gave it a C plus as well. Uh, I know a lot of fans are really excited about him. I just don't really see it. But I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> um, he's got good physicality. He's got good burst. He gets into the backfield quite a lot for being an inside linebacker. Uh, obviously, like you mentioned, got six and a half sacks. He's got flexibility. He's got bend, maybe some edge potential. Uh, and he's a reliable tackler. His speed is not great. Um, his length and coverage, also an issue. He's not going to be a guy you're going to want to drop back in coverage. That's for sure. Uh, unless, of course, you coach him up a bit. A uh, 9.46 RAS score. Um, just not the biggest fan of this pick. There was nothing that went like, oh, wow. Uh, and I thought it was just kind of average. So C plus is kind of average uh, from my point of view, I guess. Right. And C is average. Yeah. No, that works. And uh, this is where we start to get a little bit of repetition with another guard being selected by the Giants at pick 173 in round five. Guard Marcus. Wait, Mc- you missed one. You missed DJ Davidson. Oh my God. I, I apologize. I'm so God, sorry. Round terrible. before we go to some repetition, <laughs> right? There, there wasn't a D tackle up to this point. I don't think so. No, no D tackle. Before we start with repetition, <laughs> defensive tackle. You should have said nothing. We could have cut it out. DJ Davidson out of Arizona state, a senior six foot three, 327 pounds. This past season, he had 57 tackles, six tackles for loss and a half a sack in 12 games. This guy is not so much of a beast in the height wise, but size at three, almost coming in at 330 pounds is a beast in that way. Um, and can definitely be a good depth piece for the New York giants at DT. Yeah. He has potential to play nose for the giants. I think he's probably a second or third string nose guy. Uh, he brings some size. He brings some aggressiveness. Uh, he brings a lot of high energy. That's something you see a lot in his tape. Um, his hand usage, his pass rush technique, his ability to shed blocks, really not great. Um, and his athleticism is also something to be desired uh, with a 4.15 RAS score in the 41st percentile, uh, ran a 4.22.40. Um, it, it's not like a wow pick. It's kind of like an eh pick, but uh, again, B minus, um, you know, I guess a little bit better than McFadden. I don't even know, to be honest. Uh, I, I don't, you know, I'm kind of going to change it to a C plus. Yeah, I'm changing it on the fly here. Not Nothing too crazy here, but copying uh, nice me. It's okay. The giant, yeah, sorry. A nice depth piece that the Giants definitely needed. So now moving on to some repetition here at round five, pick 173 guard Marcus McKeithen from uh, North Carolina, UNC, a senior tall, six foot seven, 335 pounds. That's probably the thing that jumps off to you um, when you're looking at this guy is his height of six foot seven coming in as a guard. Um, so again, we address the guard a lot. Probably, I, mean, I think he played right guard at UNC. If we're looking at our right guard situation, he would be third or fourth string because you have Mark Lewinsky. He'll probably be the starting right guard, you would think. Um, then you have Ben Bredesen, who's still here. Then forgot about him. <laughs> then probably McKeithen. But yeah, yeah, I forgot about Ben Brennan. He could probably slide ahead of Ben Brennison if he does well in training camp. We'll have to wait and see. Because Brett Brennison was, let's be honest, awful last season. Um They were all awful, to be fair. <laughs> yes. So let, let's well, let's see this, Alex. We're rebuilding the O line. You got it, all right? Anyway, that's that's my thoughts on this pick. Um I don't I mean the size is obviously a big thing for him. He's got good upper body strength. He's versatile. Also played a bit of tackle and guard. Uh, obviously has the size for tackle. I think he might end up being more of a tackle at the next level. Um, that's just kind of my thought just based on his size and frame and body build. Um, but, I, you know, who knows? Uh, if He might be a little not athletic enough to play tackle, but we'll have to see what they do in training camp. 
He is susceptible to inside moves, and his lack of quickness is definitely concerning, like I just mentioned. Had a 7.89 RAS score at the guard position. Um, nothing too crazy about him. Thought it was a decent pick in the fifth round. Uh, I gave it a B. Josh gave it a B plus. And then I want to make sure I'm not skipping anyone here. The final pick for the New York Giants, round six, pick 182, linebacker Darian Beavers, six foot four, 237 pounds, a senior out of Cincinnati, 98 tackles, 11 tackles for loss, four sacks, and two forced fumbles in this past 2021 season um, for Beavers. And by the way, great last name. It like, I mean, what a, ta- what, what a tackle by Beavers. Like, being able to say that if we can this season, it just works. He built a dam. Uh, that's another fun one. Oh. Because, like, beavers build dams. Nah, you didn't. You get it? Explaining it just made it, like, it was already bad from the joke. And then explaining the joke just tanked it a good 50 points. All right. I'm sorry. Well, I, I, I thought of it when we drafted, and I needed to say it. So, sorry. Anyway, uh, out of Cincinnati, I think he was a guy who should have gone much earlier. He has he has edge versatility, which is important. He's a good tackler. He's physical in coverage. He is good in zone coverage specifically. He's got a great motor, which is important at the linebacker position, despite uh, maybe not the most speed. Uh, he's a little bit clunky in terms of him moving around, especially um, you know from horizontally from side to side. Uh, and man coverage is also a bit of a, a struggle for him, something he's going to need to improve in the NFL, but has a 9.6 um, RAS score and was very good in the shuttle, uh, which is definitely really important for linebackers. So uh, a good stat there from the combine uh, or his pro day. I don't know which one that is from. Uh, I gave it an A plus Josh gave it an A uh, and I think he's actually a better prospect than McFadden funny enough. So I like him more. Uh, and we'll see what happens with him. So uh, I think we got a couple guys here who could potentially be nice backups at the linebacker position. Um, and I believe that is it for all the draftees. Now let's get to some of the undrafted free agents. I'm thinking let's do two at a time here because there's a load of them. Uh, you know, uh, you do the first two and then I'll I'll, I'll go from there. Okay, yeah, I was going to say we go, yeah, so that's a good idea. Just keep going, rotating. Okay, so the first undrafted free agent, well, in this list at least, uh, was cornerback Darren Evans. He was that uh, cornerback from LSU I was talking about earlier. Senior, he's 6'3", 180 pounds. Um, and I think we have like a key stat on each guy or like stats, plural. For this guy, for Evans, he recorded 27 tackles, four pass breakups, and three quarterback hurries this past season. On to the next guy, the tight end fullback, which I'll, I'm, I'm going to go. It's going to be because now we have tight ends. We have some depth there. I'm going to say that is that this guy's going to probably fight for that fullback spot more. Jeremiah Hall could definitely be at the end of training camp on the 53-man roster. I know Joe Judge isn't the head coach of the Giants anymore, but we still do need a fullback um, if the Giants decide to go with one. It was Colin Gillespie. Could it be Hall? We'll have to wait and see. Six foot two, 241 pounds, senior out of Oklahoma. The key stat for him, 32 receptions for 334 yards and four touchdowns. He also rushed for a touchdown and was actually selected to the all-Big 10, or Big 12, excuse me, first team. All right, uh, next we have a defensive tackle from Florida, one of two defensive tackles from Florida, funny enough. Uh, six foot two, 335 pounds, uh, a senior. He had 12 tackles in 13 games of action. In four seasons with the Tigers, he recorded 67 tackles, nine tackles for loss, three sacks, two fumble recoveries, and a pass breakup. Uh, and that's pretty much it for Tyrone. True, what did I say? Truesdale? Uh, and then... A second undrafted free agent, we got another defensive lineman, Christopher Hinton out of Michigan, 6'4", 310 pounds, junior. Uh, and he had 32 tackles last season and one sack. Uh, and that's pretty much it for Christopher Hinton. I feel like those two were really short, so I'm going to do a third one because why not? Um, sorry for messing it up. And uh, this is a third <laughs> defensive lineman, Jabari Ellis out of South Carolina, 6'2", 280, senior. Uh, Ellis finished the year with 41 tackles and a return fumble for a touchdown, uh, which he had in South Carolina's victory over Florida, of all places. And he has a 7.57 RAS score, which not all these guys have because a lot of them did not participate in the combine slash pro days. So um, that's something there. And uh, Josh, why don't you go to our next player who is not a defensive lineman? 
if this guy wasn't given the name Double A in high school or college, you're welcome, Austin, because I'm giving it to you right now. Austin Allen, the tight end out of Nebraska, a senior, six foot eight, 260 pounds. That is a tall target for QB Daniel Jones. 2021 stats, 38 receptions, 602 yards, two touchdowns, and 15.8 yards per catch. Edge, next up here, Tommy Fox, or t- Tommy, Tomon Fox, six foot three, uh, 260 pounds. It's getting late here, okay? Senior out of North Carolina, another North Carolina player. Last season, Fox accumulated 24 tackles. He actually set a career high with nine sacks and tied a personal best with 10 and a half tackles for loss. And since Alex decided to break the rules and do three, I will do the same. Next up here is defensive back Yusuf Corker out of Kentucky, a senior, six foot, 204 pounds, had a team high, 74 tackles, an interception in 29 with an interception in 2019, 77 tackles, two interceptions in 2020. And then he led the Wildcats with eight pass breakups last season and had a career best 81 tackles. All right, an offensive lineman here. We got guard Josh Rivas, or an interior lineman. I don't know exactly where he plays. I think he has flexibility. 6'6", 320 out of Kansas State, senior. Uh, In 2021, he did not allow a sack among 362 pass-blocking reps uh, and helped Kansas State tie for second in the Big 12 with 29 rushing touchdowns. Uh, The Wildcats also had 4.83 yards per rush, uh, also ranked as their sixth best effort in school history. He has an RAS score of 5.49, not really a great athlete, but uh, we'll see what he can do in training camp. Next, we finally got a running back, uh, Jashawn Corbin out of Florida State Jr., six foot, 205. Uh, this past season, he started all 12 games, totaling over 1,100 all-purpose yards, uh, including 887 rushing yards, 25 receptions for 128 yards and eight touchdowns. I think he certainly has the potential to make the team uh, due to the lack of running backs really we have on the roster. He uh, had a 5.4 RS score with a 4640. Uh, and I believe, wait, I have one more, right? Because we're doing threes now because we're all cheating. Uh, undrafted free agent, uh, safety, Trenton Thompson out of San Diego State. So teammate of Daniel Bellinger. A 6'1", 196 senior, uh, and he had 14 pass breakups and three interceptions as the starting safety for whatever the San Diego State team is called. (laughs) I don't know them, sorry. Uh, And he has an RAS score of 4.66, running a 4.6140. And Josh, why don't you move on to another corner? San Diego State Aztecs, I think. So there you go. Um, Here, wait, let me redo it. And he had 14 pass breakups and three interceptions as the starting safety of the Aztecs. Wonderful. Now on to the FAU senior, uh, six foot one hundred eighty-two pound cornerback Zion Gilbert, fifty-one tackles, one sack, one forced fumble, and ten passes deflected this past season. And oh my god, two more. Okay, defensive tackle Antonio Valentino, six foot three, three hundred twelve pounds. Keep coming. From Florida, a senior, I just keep scrolling and scrolling. Uh, Valentino appeared in 40 games with Penn State from 2017 to uh, 2020, tallying 51 tackles, 12 and a half tackles for loss, and six sacks before transferring to Florida as a graduate transfer. Uh, with the Gators, Valentino played in 12 games and recorded 23 tackles, three tackles for loss, and one sack. So a lot of playing time for him, a lot of experience in college football. The final undrafted free agent, wide receiver, Dalen Baldwin, a Michigan senior, six foot three, hundred eighty-five pounds. Uh, the senior transferred to Michigan from Jackson State and hauled in a pair of touchdowns uh, on seventeen catches last season. Seventeen catches—that's like barely anything. I feel like the Giants were like, "All right, we have one more guy to sign. Just pick a random one out of a hat," <laughs> and that's who they landed on. No offense to Dalen at all, but I'm just saying, like, seventeen catches—that's like. That's, I mean, whatever. (laughs) All right, let's go back to the draft now, Alex. We have our grades for each day, and then overall, I guess, do you want to start with day one? I mean, I feel like it's kind of obvious. That's Everyone's been given the same picks for day one, but I could start with day one um, if you don't want to. Go ahead. 
<laughs> All right, day one. So it's the obvious score. We both give them A pluses. Okay, this is everyone did it. All Giants fans knew it. All NFL writers knew it. All NFL fans they had to give it up to us. We're the laughing stock of the NFL sometimes, but they had to say the Giants were the winners in the first round, and I felt proud about it. Yeah, um, I was happy about it too. Day two was a bit disappointing, especially with our second round pick. Originally, a little bit feeling better about it now. Um, I gave it a B minus. Josh gave it a C plus, and then I'll do day three. And then you could do the overall uh, day three. I gave it a B plus and Josh gave it a B. And then our overall grades were an A minus from Mr. Alex and uh, or Norin, because I can say that because that is your Twitter bio. I was like, do I say your last name? Yes. And then uh, what? You're giving me the look. It's, I was making sure it's out there. It's a Twitter username. Right, me, Mr. Norin, you got an A minus. And I gave it a B plus, a B minus, oh my, yes, B plus, Jesus, wow. Um, okay, uh, we're crashing it's and burning. It's getting way too late. We are way cr- past our bedtime. We are crashing and burning, and we are past the forty-five minute point as well. Alex, before we go though, and this is crazy because normally I wouldn't be the one to do this. Is there anything you want to talk about that was um, in the draft in all a surprise to you? Because I'm going to throw one out here. Malik Willis not being the first quarterback off the board. What? Desmond Ritter going in front of him. What? What happened to Malik Willis? Fell, 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 fell. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that that I will give um, to point out. That's a big one. And then we also had Kenneth Walker going behind Brees Hall, which I found not to be too deceiving. Um, I think Brees Hall was like... Kenneth Walker was like the number one of running back rankings, but everyone said Brees Hall was going to go first. That's just another thing I'd like to point out. All right, I'm going to give you my speed recap of all my thoughts from the draft in general. Trayvon Walker going number one overall. think it's a bit of a reach. Uh, Eagles making that big trade for A.J. Brown. think it's going to be annoying, but I do think they paid him a bit too much money, $25 million a year. Um, what else happened? Jermaine Johnson, I think, fell way later than everyone thought he was. You mentioned the quarterbacks already, so I'm not going to bring it up. Nicobe Dean falling to the late third round or whatever it was. Getting selected by the damn Eagles, of course. Eagles had a great draft. Uh, Jordan Davis going to the Eagles as well. Cowboys having a weird draft. Usually they draft well. They didn't have a great draft. Uh, Washington Commanders getting Sam Howell in the fifth round. So there's a quarterback you didn't mention. Uh, and Justin Ross going undrafted. And he's still yet to spin signed, uh, be signed as an undrafted free agent. Uh, so those are coming some of my big thoughts from the draft um, and, and some of the shocking things I saw. And Hollywood Brown getting traded as well. Another weird one. Um, but yeah, th- that was it. And the big run on wide receivers early in the draft, which I did not expect to happen. Uh, wide receivers went a lot earlier and a lot more frequently than I thought they would. That's it. That's my draft recap. <laughs> you would think that is also why the Giants pulled the trigger on Robinson in that second round. They were just so nervous that all these wide receivers were going to get off the board by their third round picks that they probably pulled the trigger then when they could have went with a uh, a better player like a, maybe David Ajabo, the linebacker. I'm not going to say his name again. Um, but yeah, I, I think Sam Howell's an interesting one. Definitely going to give some uh, competition there in Washington. I think I forget who Great it was. Great value. Yeah, I but I I do forget who it was who had the team. Maybe it was Zach Rosenblatt that said like uh, Carson Wentz does so well when he has uh, QBs getting drafted to the team that he's on. As we know, what happened with Jalen Hurts and then uh, the Eagles just like it didn't work out. I don't know why the Commanders. I mean, I guess I know why because Wentz isn't a hundred percent efficient, but it's just like why put him under pressure like that. But anyway, there's that, um, and then there's also. There's one more quarterback, our uh, Carson Strong. I remember he was in one of our in our top. He six. went to the Eagles, I believe. He just got uh, he went undrafted to the Eagles. So Carson we'll Strong did there. Yeah, he went undrafted. and He just signed with the Eagles with I believe the most guaranteed money ever given to an undrafted, undrafted free, free agent. agent. So, yeah, so interesting there as well. A good uh, thing to bring up. Yeah. So uh, with that, now we're passing the 50 minute mark, going crazy here with these markers. Not going to an hour. Just about to have a hard time. I am. I am. Um, so I'm just gonna set it up with the open air that uh, the NFL schedule is gonna come out in about 10 days. I I assume we'll have an episode later in the week. I just I don't know for sure whether it's about the draft and how these players can impact. I 
I <laughs> I don't think it'll be 10 days till our next episode. We'll have to wait and we'll see. We'll figure it out. Um, but for right now, subscribe. If you're watching this, um, you can subscribe, give a like. Uh, if you're listening, you can also subscribe. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. That'll be in the podcast notes of things you can do where to follow us. But I can say it right now. The Giant Take Pod on Twitter and TikTok. The Giant Take Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. At Inorian23 on Twitter. I'm at JoshSholo29 on Twitter. Um, and with that, Alex, close us out. Um, and don't oh, last I, <laughs> don't last nine minutes to go to the full hour. All right. I really want to, but I won't. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope everyone really enjoyed the draft like I did, like Josh did. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And now, uh, obviously, a little bit of break till training camp. Uh, we're going to keep, you know, talking about the Giants and hopefully things start to get a lot better and the draft was the start of that. Uh, so thank you, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.